Hear ye, hear ye, all gather to hear Master Joe. From this point forward, we are going to call them Bridgewaters. You know what we Let's call 20 it. years around here? We call it two Grudens. Nobody cares about fantasy, Sean. Nobody. They won the game they needed to win. Greg Williams should never step foot in an NFL locker room. You good? You got it all up? Grow and grow and grow it. It's reps and reps and reps. Aha, aha, aha. Just throw and throw and throw and throw. Terrible, terrible, terrible defense. And we don't recognize boundaries in 2020. That has to make you happy as a Buffalo fan. I'm all, leave me alone. Because he's not a quarterback, so does those still count as QB hits? This is the best. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds with a Z. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Come check us out on Facebook, on the Facebook page. Come check us out on Instagram, the Facebook group. Come to the Ringer NFL group, where we're always posting polls and having fun, even in the offseason. I'm Joe McDonald. On the other line is Mr. Sean Lawler. Sean, how are you doing in the wonderful country of Canada tonight, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, ready to talk a little football, excited for our our big idea at the end it's going to be lots of fun and you know nice weather's coming around football off season nba playoffs the habs are into the second round Nobody, bring it on jets what, bring it on what the hell is a hab nobody knows what a hab is all right Labiton. uh don't stop don't we don't have enough canadian viewers to, to merit this kind of talk no you're right sean uh right now otas are going on all across the nfl before you get too excited about what you hear, who's doing great in OTAs, there's no pads, there's no contact. Um, really, it's glorified exercise regimen. So uh, if you think like, oh, this uh, seventh round wide receiver is catching everything in camp, lighten up, Francis, calm down. Uh, like Sean said, we have plenty to talk about. A kicker retires. We're going to discuss whether he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. Um, we found out the NFL released some perks that you get if you're vaccinated and some non-perks that you get if you're not vaccinated and then we found a really interesting list online we want to go over it it is the all-time starting lineups made up of only hbcu players those are historically black colleges and universities and then as sean teased we have our one big idea it's back with a a little panache uh it's talking about my favorite thing hall of fames you think that i wouldn't want any more you know what you might be wrong but anyway, we'll get to that later. Sean, we have to start out. The biggest news from last week, in my opinion at least, was the retirement of Adam Vinatieri. Um, for those of you who don't know, who might not be football fans, <laughs> Adam Vinatieri retired at this nice ripe age of 48 years old. Um, he played 24 years in the NFL, 10 for the New England Patriots, 14 for the Indianapolis Colts, and even played a year in NFL Europe, if you can believe that. That's how old he is. Um, <laughs> He is a four-time Super Bowl winner. He once tackled Herschel Walker on a kickoff, which also tells you how old he is. Uh, he was a three-time Pro Bowler, three-time uh, All-Pro first team. I mean, most combined, um, excuse me, most combined regular season and postseason games ever played. Most career field goals, most career points, most career field goal attempts. Um, he has the most consecutive field goals made, which is 44. Sean. This guy was a thorn in your side in New England. He didn't do you very many favors playing in Indianapolis. What were your thoughts on Adam Vinatieri as a kicker and as a career? It was a long career. He probably should have – he retired a little too late, in my opinion, because he mm-hmm. started showing his age later in the Indianapolis, kind of became a punchline. You know, Vinatieri was 
as you said, most consecutive field goals made. So that's something you can count on in Indiana. Not so much in the last year or so. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, his last couple of years were definitely uh, hampered by injury. You're right. Yeah, and, I, and I think that's why people are not thinking he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. In the you, it was on the Ringer Facebook group you posted that right? Yes, I did. That that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah, yeah. No, let's get into that. That's what I want okay. to talk about. Okay, we got to talk about this. All all that stuff aside, we talk about Hall of Fames. Uh, me personally, I take great offense to them. Uh, I think they're a great thing to have, and then like always, people ruin them. Uh, letting the wrong people in, keeping the wrong people out, things of that sort. To me, Hall of Fames are museums and should recognize the the top pillar of of players, of coaches, of people who change the game. To me, that describes Adam. You want to look at stats, he's got the stats. You want to look at legacy, he's got the legacy. You want to look at longevity, he's got the longevity. To me, he ticks every single box in what you describe as a Hall of Famer. And you could say, well, he's only a kicker. Well, guess what? I know a certain quarterback who does not have a good portion of his Super Bowls without sturdy kicking, whether it was from Adam Vinatieri or Steven Goskowski. These guys matter. And to me, if there is a first ballot argument to be made for a player, it's Adam Vinatieri. In five years, Bill Belichick said it. He spoke glowingly of, of Vinatieri. In five years, no-brainer. When you talk about these Hall of Fame rooms where guys stand up, Whoever represents Adam Vinatieri, stand up, say Adam Vinatieri, and sit down. You don't need to go over the stuff. You know who he is. To me, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Sean, tell me why I'm right or tell me why I'm wrong. Unfortunately, you're right in this circumstance because it <laughs> it's not called the tuck rule game or the snowball game if he doesn't make that kick. Like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. You didn't. It wasn't a fumble that led to Adam Vinatieri winning the game for you guys. So forty forty eight yards. Yeah, to tie it to tie it, and then go into overtime and kick another field goal for the win. Exactly. So he, like he said, those super probably two of the six aren't there because of Adam Vinatieri. If you're mm-hmm. being generous to Tom Brady, it's the last few years. That's what's clouding everybody's minds. They don't remember. It's, it's kind of, you know, he's not Jordan in the sense that everybody knew Jordan was a first ballot Hall of Famer. But if you're young and dumb enough, you might think, why? If you paid attention yeah. to the Washington years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's like Carmelo. Carmelo legit is probably a is the first ballot hall of famer in the pro hall basketball hall of fame he's not he never had the right running mates so that's and everything's the last few years will cloud the everybody's mind but he legitimately was one of the top players in his draft class so how, how dare you besmirch my great kicker for the new england patriots by bringing up carmelo effing anthony how dare you sir how dare you? No, I brought up Jordan. I had to yeah. bring that down. Okay, averaging that's Adam that's Vinatieri. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, you look at his all-time stats. He's like eighty-three point eight percent accuracy. Like people think, oh, that's like seventeenth all-time. He's uh, shut up. You, you just—it's something again to me. Hall of Famer is. I look at the guy and I say, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. 
It's that, it's that simple with me sometimes. And to me, Adam Vinatieri will be an interesting test case in five years. Uh, the people who still want to hold on to the, you know, clutch their pearls or whatever they do and talk about, you know, who deserves and who doesn't deserve to be a Hall of Famer. To me, it's very clear and simple. Adam Vinatieri, first ballot Hall of Famer. Get his plaque ready. Get his jacket ready. And um, really, it's as simple as that. But yeah, I, I mean, amazing. 48 years old, kicking in the league 24 years, even if you, let's say, take off the last two, 22 years. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better career. I mean, you really couldn't. All jokes aside, like, it's an incredible career. Um, I want to move on to some some league business. We try and do a little bit of league business every pod. Last week, we didn't have a Thursday show. That was my fault. We're going to try and get back in the schedule, people. I assure you, things are getting better. Um, the league put out some uh, some information on vaccines and uh, vaccinated players and non-vaccinated players. They've said that a lot of teams – the tier one people, we've talked about it before, uh, scouts, coaches, people in the front office, they're looking for 85%, and then they could kind of open things up. They did release guidelines for players. Again, we've talked about it. We're not going to rehash COVID and things of that sort, but we're just talking about these are the, the notes and memos that the NFL has put out of things that fully vaccinated players can do, perks, as they're putting them. No daily testing. No mask required at club facility. No quarantining after exposure to a COVID-positive individual. That's very important. No travel restrictions. You may eat in a cafeteria. No capacity limits in the weight room. You can use the sauna slash steam room. And you may interact with vaccinated family and friends during travel. Sean, let me quickly read you what you cannot do if you are not fully vaccinated. You are subject to daily testing. You are still required to bear a mask at a club facility. You are still subject to physical distancing requirements. You do have to quarantine after exposure to a COVID uh, positive case. Travel restrictions uh, are in effect. Capacity limits in the weight room are in effect. You cannot eat meals in the meal room, which I guess that's a cafeteria. Um, You cannot use the sauna slash steam room, and you cannot have interaction with vaccinated family and friends during travel. Sean, the NFL is doing everything within their power to not require players to get vaccinated. But after reading those two lists, they're basically telling you to go get vaccinated. I mean, like, again, I don't want to rehash. I mean, people are tired of COVID. I get it. Just with these lists, tell me what you're thinking. What is the NFL thinking and what are the players thinking? You are separating the single people from the family people. It's like, like that's that last one, the no interaction with vaccinated friends or family during travel is like, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like you, I, yeah, I don't really know what to say because everything I have to say is basically like, go get vaccinated. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And that's, again, we've talked about those, you know, your, your thoughts and all that. Again, that's great. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm, I'm, Fine, but yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I don't know. Starts or maybe the NFL could start doing what some of the states are doing, where they're like giving people like money and perks and stuff like that. Start instead of like, yeah, you get these things. It's like, um, like make it like a one year, one time contractual bonus or something. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody gets a bonus. Everybody gets a bonus cut of the revenue that is vaccinated. I mean, yeah, that's going to open a pretty crazy, uh, yeah, 
I, I bet you everybody's getting vaccinated then. <laughs> I I agree. I agree. It's again, yeah, we've talked about it. I just wanted to bring it up because they actually have it on paper. That's the biggest thing is that they've actually written it down. We kind of knew that they would not push it on everybody, but kind of be like, hey, guys, look at the shiny nickel here. This is what you get when you start listening. And um, now we've seen what the shiny nickel looks like. And it's pretty nice. I mean, the biggest one clearly is the if you're in contact with somebody who's positive, you do not have to quarantine. I mean, the biggest scare last year was Sunday mornings, Saturday nights, when we got the news updates that somebody tested positive and we're waiting for who else has to sit out. Now, teams seem to be distancing to the point that like whole teams weren't missing uh, outside of like whoever played the Steelers for about a four week schedule, but you know, Baltimore. Um, but again, it was, it was really interesting. That part especially stuck out to me. And like you said, the other part that's kind of like, Whoa, wait a minute. You know, like if you're married or have kids or in a relationship and stuff like that, and it's, you know, your family's able to travel with you, but if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed to hang out with them. Some guys are, are, you know, when they saw this, they were not happy, not happy at all. And again, the league is doing what's in the best interest of the league as they're always going to do. And, and one of the few times that it's actually true, the league is trying to do what they believe is in the best interest of players. Now, whether the players see it like that or not, that's a whole other story. And we're not going to get into that tonight. But again, I wanted to talk about this. Um, any final thoughts on that, Sean? I wonder, because basically now saying somebody's out due to COVID related something or other is almost mm-hmm. like a violation of their health like records. Cause that's basically <sighs> saying whether they're not vaccinated or not. So are they going to adopt like the hockey mentality? It's like upper body injury. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe now in, in, in defense of that, you can still catch COVID after obtaining the vaccine. There, there is a chance yeah. to catch it. So it, it's, I get what you're saying. It's one of those things where it's like, eh, it, it's kind of like the LeBron James situation that happened where, you know, he went to a gathering. Apparently, according to some reports, you had to have proof of vaccination to get in there, but he wouldn't say whether or not he's vaccinated. It, it, it was kind of a, yeah, it was a weird situation. But anyway, I don't want to harp on this too much. I just thought it was interesting that the NFL really put this out there. And again, We've talked about it so much this offseason, Sean. The league is putting pressure on the players. Players have a voice. They have social media. They're standing up, and they are pushing back on the league. But the league is not taking this quietly. They are using every tool they have and getting information out and putting the pressure on the players. And right now, the league is telling the players, if something happens, this is not our fault. It's your fault. And the fans are going to blame you. Well, and this also affects the staff too. Like if you mm-hmm. aren't vaccinated, you can't interact with people. It's like, that's going to hurt your networking. That's bad for business. <laughs> that's bad for your career. It, listen, you're absolutely right. All right. We're going to get on to our fun little topic tonight. I saw this the other day. I thought it was super interesting. I shared it out. Um, RJ Young is a national college football writer. I talks about the NFL draft. He hosts a show on Fox sports called the number one show. I don't know if it's actually the number one show or not, but sure. Um, And he posted, it's his all-time HBCU offensive and defensive teams. Okay. Sean, there are some guys on this list. Uh, (laughs) um, I will say this. 
22 players, 11 offense, 11 defense. 19 of the 22 are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. One is a current active player. Um, I just want to go over these guys, this list. Uh, Again, like some of these names you're going to know and some you might be like, "Eh, I think I've heard of them. Let me assure you, all incredible. Um, Do you want to start with offense or defense, sir? Let's go defense first. Okay, we're going to go with defense first. Uh, Mel Blount, uh, cornerback. He played at Southern. Five-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, part of the Steel Curtain defense. Um, Again, I don't want to go over all the stats. Again, no doubt. (laughs) Um, The other cornerback, Aeneas Williams. Uh, He went also to Southern. He was an eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, and then one-time second-team All-Pro. Uh, again, one of the more underrated corners uh, of the 90s. I think people kind of forget like how good he was. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. A very good player. Safety, Donnie Shell went to uh, South Carolina State, five-time pro bowler, three-time first-team all-pro, one-time second, uh, one second-team all-pro. Again, these names, like I hear them and I think of like growing up as a kid and you hear these names and you never correlate like where they went to school. And a lot of these guys went to school at a time. We're going to get into some players that go really far back all the way to the AFL days where it was really hard to find talent, especially black talent, especially HBCU black talent. <laughs> like you're, you're kind of going down the food chain of, of what people looked at. Um, Ken Houston, safety out of Prairie View A&M, 12-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, 10-time second-team All-Pro. Um, Harry Carson, you know, the, the opposite of you know, Lawrence Taylor, a linebacker from South Carolina State, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro. Uh, Willie Lanier, linebacker, Morgan State, six-time Pro Bowler, eight-time first-team All-Pro, two-time, excuse me, two-time AFL All-Star. That's how far back he goes. He was an AFL All-Star until the merger, and then he became a Pro Bowler. Um, the, the, the one active player, I said, Darius Leonard, linebacker, again, South Carolina State. Uh, two-time first-team All-Pro and a two-time Pro Bowler. I mean, you know, I'm sure he was banged up, but, you know, again, excellent career. Not a guy that yeah. hate to have on your defense. Um, this is, oh God, these two guys. Not a big fan of the first guy. Uh, <laughs> Michael Strahan, defensive end, Texas Southern, four-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, single-season you know, sack record holder. It, it's just, again, the other guy, maybe the most fearsome man ever in football. Deacon Jones, defensive end, Mississippi Valley State, eight-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro. He does not have the record for sacks because they weren't kept for, like, half of his career. Like, he was literally just killing quarterbacks, and they were just like, eh. Like, Bill Russell's blocks count. Like, he, <laughs> he didn't count them. They didn't even count him. Like, what are we doing? Deacon Jones. We'll just say he has the most. <laughs> we'll just say is that, that's fair. Uh, listen, Bill Russell has the most blocks. Deacon Jones has the most sacks. And yeah. we, we can live in happiness. We'll just put uh, the asterisk and say it's probably actually these guys, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're guessing. Um, defensive tackle Buck Buchanan uh, went to Grambling State. Again, two-time Pro Bowler, six-time AFL All-Star. Tells you how far back he goes. Um the other defensive tackle, Claude Humphrey from Tennessee State, six-time Pro Bowler, five-team first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro. That's a scary defense. Uh, yeah. 
not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sean, just give me some thoughts of of like when you hear some of those names, when you hear again, just just the accolades. And again, I didn't get into Super Bowl titles, and I mean, you know, defensive players of the year and stuff like that. I mean, just what do you think of that when you when you hear those names? What does it put into your mind? Well, it it, it just shows you how what the sec and all those conferences were missing out on like deacon jones was amazing throughout his whole career it was he only played in the hbcu because he was black like a lot of these players it wasn't by choice that they went to an hbcu Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad that they're getting recognized now and i hope that our next big idea continues that but that's like, but I love the continued, like Darius Leonard, an active player on that roster is so amazing. Yeah. Michael Strahan wasn't that long ago. Anius Wilson, Williams wasn't that long ago. We're, we're, on offense, we're going to get into a couple guys. Um, one that unfortunately has passed away, but another one that is not that far removed from active play. So yeah, again, this isn't something that just goes back, like you said, to the days of the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. You know, like this is still a continuation now. Like you said, Darius Leonard is. I mean, in arguably what top five linebackers in football, inside linebackers yeah. in football, and he went to an HBCU again. Like it's 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 a continued tradition. It's not the way it used to be, but it is a continued tradition. All right, we're gonna get to offense. Oof, so I'm not gonna lie. There's some players here, man. And then I have a fun game after this. All right. Okay. Winston Hill, offensive lineman, Texas Southern, three-time All-NFL, or I'm sorry, All-AFL, four-time Pro Bowler. Um, offensive lineman, Rosie Brown. That's a name I just remember as a kid. Bro, people talk about Rosie Brown. Uh, six-time All-Pro uh, all pro uh, first team, uh, three-time second uh, team All-Pro. Again, just incredible. Art Shell. Uh, Art Shell, who was a coach, uh, yeah. getting played. Offensive line. I'm sorry. Uh, Rosie Brown went to Morgan State. Uh, Art Shell, offensive lineman, University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Wow, that's a name. That's a name. Imagine writing that. Uh, eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. Uh, <clears throat> again, a- incredible coach too. One coach of the year. You know everything. Um, one of my favorites, uh, Jackie Slater, offensive lineman, Jackson State. Seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time second-team All-Pro. One of the um, just, again, I remember him, like his playing career finished as I was fairly young, and I just remember watching a game and seeing him and like this, in football terms, this old man playing, and just like you could tell how much everybody respected him. And and again, like when you talk about his son, Matthew, you know, goes on to be a, you know, a, a great caliber player himself and what he does, but Jackie Sater to me was always one of those guys that I remember like hearing about and just like nobody ever had a bad word about Jackie. And he was mean. Ooh, he played with an edge. He was mean. Um, Larry Little, offensive lineman, Bethune Cookman, uh, five time All Pro, five time Pro Bowler. Um, Bullet Bob Hayes, wide receiver, Florida AM, two time All Pro, uh, one time, you know, second team All Pro. And won an Olympic gold medal. He's the only person ever. He won the 100-meter dash. He's the only person in history who has a gold medal and a Super Bowl title. Uh, <laughs> not too shabby. 
Um, Donald Driver, wide receiver, Alcorn State, or Alcorn State, I believe is how they pronounce it, four-time pro bowler. Again, we talked about not that far removed. You know, it wasn't super long ago that Donald Driver was, you know, in the league. Um, a wide receiver you may have heard of. His name is Jerry Rice. Uh, he went to Mississippi <laughs> State. Uh, two-time offensive player of the year in the NFL, 10-time all-pro one time second team all pro. I think he made that team in like 2002 when he was like 37 or something. Like it's an insane number. It, it's just, again, it's disgusting. Uh, another person you may have heard of, Walter Payton, uh, running back out of Jackson State, five time uh, first team all pro, three time second team all pro, and a nine time pro bowler. Uh, as, as you know, the man of the year award is named after Walter Payton. You know, he got his title with the 85 Bears. Again, just the legacies of these guys uh tight end shannon sharp played at savannah state four team or four time all pro first team uh one time second team all pro eight time pro bowler you know three time super bowl champ you know he's on tv now all these guys went on to different careers and the quarterback that he has listed uh steve mcnair quarterback from alcorn state three time pro bowler uh one time second team all pro co-mvps with peyton manning uh you know in an nfl season of course his life was taken uh, tragically, you know, short after his uh, playing career was over. <laughs> it's just the names on this are ridiculous. Uh, Sean, give me your thoughts on the on the offense. It's it's such a good list. Like it's yeah, Donald Driver. I didn't know he had gone to an HBCU. He's a phenomenal wide receiver. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just that that offense is so high powered. <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably names missing that you're, there's I can't a ton think. of names yeah. missing there's a <laughs> there's, ton of like, if you go if you go find this thread like there's people well what about this person what about that person and it's the same as everything okay if you want somebody on who are you taking off like you got to take somebody off to put them on the team this is a starting lineup like it's the yeah old, that's true that's true it's like you know antoine Bethea was a really good safety uh, I'm not taking Donnie Shell or Ken Houston off the list. No offense. Like, it, there's so many great players. Like, it's absolutely insane. Um, yeah, sorry, I cut you off there. Go ahead. I mean, talk about the offense some. No, just it's, you know, I think it's a testament to, I think the tradition continued, like you said, of people going there. Like, it's showing that I think the offense is a nice mix of kind of the older to the newer. and. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as stark of a contrast yeah. as the defense was, but I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to just, I want to see more lists like this. That's letting us all know, reminding us of these excellent schools. Cause like, I'm not hearing a lot of Grambling States or Southerns or anything like that. Like, let's see, no. let's, let's start doing like best rosters from each school mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like, like, uh, that would well, be amazing we, to see. We talked a couple months ago. Now they're doing like the HBCU Classic or whatever it was. We yeah. talked about that, you know, a couple months ago. So it's nice to see that, you know, people with a voice are bringing these lists to the, you know, these lists are always fun. You know, anybody can see these, but it's nice when you see a national person who, who knows this stuff, you know, knows it way better than we do mm-hmm. with the day's research. They're going to know these players. They're going to know everything about them. And, you know, guys who were, you know, the, the kind of alternates on the list and stuff like that. But these are always fun because they do get people talking, um, which is always nice, especially when you get, because of course we know about Walter Payton. We know about Jerry Rice. We know about, you know, all this stuff. But when you hear a guy like bullet Bob Hayes, which was bullet Bob Hayes, because he was that fast and you're kind of like, Oh yeah. 
Oh, he did go to an HBC. Okay, I didn't know that. You don't know where most guys go to college, but when you hear that and you incorporate, like, hey, this guy was a winner in you know an individual sport, and then he was a winner in a team sport, and it's like, wow, that's really amazing. No matter where you went to school, but it kind of gives it, you know, because if all these guys went to Notre Dame and Alabama and USC and Ohio State, we talk about how great the colleges were. Well, Sean, there was a couple colleges on here that were brought up a couple times. Uh, I mean, like you. State, but you know, Mel Blunt and Aeneas Williams both went to Southern, you know, South Carolina State, Harry Carson and Donnie Shell. I mean, you know, Alcorn uh, State had a three or four, I believe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Steve McNair and Donald Driver. I mean, it, again, like some of these schools have a really rich history, and these are just the best of the best. This doesn't even include guys that we've actually heard of or something, even maybe some of our favorite players that you didn't realize went to these schools. So, um, I'm assuming Eddie Robinson's the coach. Just no debate. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We could do that. We could do that. No, yeah, Eddie Robinson is clearly the coach of these guys. All right. It's a warm July day, Sean, on a football field somewhere in the United States. There's no cameras. There's no nothing. The 11 guys on offense come out, and the 11 guys on defense come out. One drive starts from the 20-yard line. Who gets the better? Who gets the better? Is it the offense or the defense? Are they playing like now style football? I mean, everybody in their prime. Everybody, but like, is it like twenty twenty? So you've got three wide receivers. Let me see. I mean, you have Bob Hayes, Donald Driver, and Jerry Rice. That defense is not set up to play that offense. <laughs> I will tell you that. Because, <laughs> like you said, Hayes was recruited off the track. He wasn't recruited out of college. No, he was recruited no. off the U.S. Olympic track team. He was. He, they were like, he's fast. Winning a gold medal. <laughs> yeah, was it? Was that Jerry Jones? Like, oh, he's fast. Uh, no, he no, fast. no, Let's that would catches a football. <laughs> no, that would have been. Uh, was it Tech Shram? Was he? Okay, the yeah. Tech Shram, yeah. Uh, again, like, oh, that's definitely a Jerry move. I'm surprised Al Davis didn't try and get him. Uh, yeah. It, it, Again. No, that defense is not set. I don't. Uh, if that O line can hold back Deacon Jones and uh, Strahan, that see that's. I whole, think you got to bring Leonard on a blitz uh, <laughs> or drop well, back. Just, just to keep in mind, if they want to run five wide, they have those three wide receivers. They have Shannon Sharp at tight end, <laughs> a pretty good pass catcher himself, and Walter Payton. I don't know if you know this, Sean. Pretty darn good. Could do a lot of different things, including throwing the ball. So. Um, yeah, that oh boy, that's a that's a tough one. That's a th- boy. That's fun. See, I love these games. These are these are fun. These are the things I could do because, like, okay, I should say if they if they run that simulation ten times, who wins? I want to say the offense six to four. That's probably your thought too, isn't it? Yeah. It's not- <laughs> Because you can absolutely see Deacon Jones and Michael Strahan like absolutely destroying. So I'm going to cock up and go fifty-fifty. <laughs> go ahead, I don't, I don't care. That's why I went first. <laughs> no, I'm going to go seventy-thirty. Oh, you think you think the yeah. offense seven times out of ten? Because everybody's that offense is perfectly I, set up to play in. You know, God bless, but they have <laughs> to take. They have to bring four guys. They can't drop back that many people. I just want to. I want binoculars to zoom in on Jackie Slater versus Deacon Jones. That's what I want. I want that matchup. I want to see Jackie Slater just as 
big, tough, mean guy against Deacon Jones, who's literally going to try and rip his head off. I, I want to see that. That, that to me is like the matchup. But then, but yeah, Deacon Jones, I think is like, he's the, he's the X factor. Cause I could totally go 50, 50. Cause I could be like, actually Deacon Jones probably can drop back like better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was that. Yeah, he's that athletic. He, yeah, he's so gonna like, drop like, back and cover Shannon Sharp. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's incredible. I'm I just I'm so glad we got to talk about this because I had it like I I had it tagged and I'm like I gotta remember to bring this up and then I said what are we gonna talk about tonight and I was like how about that list and then you're all for it and I'm like all right I got research to do like I you know wrote everything down on my little trusty notepad here so I can reference it and. Again, like of the 22 players we listed, 19 are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Just incredible, incredible, incredible. Literally the story of the game includes these players. So uh, that's just really, really cool. Uh, Any other final thoughts on this before we get to our big idea? No, just Deacon Jones. They need to do a movie about him. Like I'm on his no. Wikipedia page and I'm like, he, he's like, yeah, due to a year of inactivity because he got his scholarship taken away for protesting the civil rights movement. Like, yeah. oh, okay. So. Who's gonna, who's, could you imagine the teacher's assistant or like the associate, like just this little clerk who has to like go to Deacon Jones's room and be like, um, Mr. Jones, um, I have a letter from the chancellor and the head football coach. Um, I, I don't want to stay here while you read this, so I'm, I'm just going to give it to you and run, okay? Like, back to that guy. Yeah. All right. Quick question before we move on. Best player on the list? It's a list that includes Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, um, Michael Strahan, Deacon Jones, uh, Mel Blunt. I mean, uh, again, just personal preference. Who do you think is the best player on the list? I got to go Deacon Jones. Like, I just think, you know, like you said, he's like the Bill Russell of the NFL. <laughs> where It's like, it's like two time all pro. And it's like, yeah, because they probably only started to keep track of all pros <laughs> in his last two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he suffered from like the Ted Williams thing where like nobody liked him. So they just yeah. didn't for him. Um, like I, you just look at the picture of him, and, and I remember watching mean, highlights mean. of him, and it's like, how how is a man that big so, so athletic? It's like Joel Embiid now. Like it's like yeah. how is how is how is Shaq able to move like that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, I don't think there's a wrong answer. To me, it's Walter Payton sweetness. Again, Jerry Rice is the king. I mean, it, it, Jerry Rice is the the consecutive yeah, or the you know everybody's answer i'm gonna say walter payton the guy could do everything and played with one of the shittiest offensive lines ever and had a terrible organization behind him and didn't let him score a super bowl touchdown so screw you bears and it's walter payton all right on that note uh we did not have a big idea planned but thanks to this list we actually got one sean would you like to tell the people what our bit this is not my big idea this is not your big idea it is a our big idea so what is our big idea sean so as you mentioned earlier only 19 of the players on this list are actually in the pro football hall of fame mm-hmm. because darius Leonard's still playing so can't obviously mm-hmm. be in there um steve mcnair Don- is is it steve mcnair and donald driver yes those are the other two that are not in the hall of fame that's correct okay yeah 
Yes. Yeah. It's three. So yeah. So those are the two. And then I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that's weird. Just I Donald driver. I could see, is he eligible? Are McNair uh, driver eligible? Well, McNair is McNair is. McNair el- is yeah. Um, the driver, if he is, it's like first year eligibility yeah, yeah. to me, clear and simple. Donald Driver's not a pro football Hall of Famer. Like, let's just clear the like before anybody's oh that no, he's a Hall of Famer. So <laughs> Yeah, and then McNair kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, ah, I you know, he's my idea was always like you can put the quarterbacks in like generations. So McNair's mm-hmm. one of those ones like with McNabb and that from that generation of quarterback that I thought of during that time when they played. And mm-hmm. We th- we were like, is he in the college football hall of fame? And we had, and you mentioned that yes. basketball, and you mentioned that basketball, their hall of fame is strictly the basketball hall of fame. It doesn't mention being a pro basketball hall of fame or college basketball. So that's where you can get in on if you're a bad, not a great co- pro player, but a good college player, great college player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, my idea, like I said, we talked about Steve McNair. Like you said, three-time uh, Pro Bowler, second-team All-Pro 2003, shared the MVP in 2003. Uh, that same year, he was the NFL passing uh, passer rating leader. He won the College uh, Football Walter Payton Award in 1994 for the best player in college football. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist. I believe he finished third. Again, like if you look at his career stats, they're not overwhelming in the NFL. They're just not. That's okay. Like it happened. Um I think if you talk to anybody who watched him play, he was incredible. Like you mm-hmm. don't get watching Steve McNair play, you know, they got within 1 yard <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> so but like you said Sean, basically my idea was we have a college football hall of fame which Steve McNair's in and we have a pro football hall of fame which Steve McNair should not be in. And that's okay. But what if we combine the two and we made, like you said, basketball? What if we just had a football Hall of Fame that was a combination of players who succeeded in college and succeeded in the NFL to some period? Okay, a player that I brought up was Eddie George. I personally don't believe, despite his statistics, that Eddie George is a pro football Hall of Famer. I love Eddie George, despite his hate from my New England Patriots. I love Eddie George. He was incredible at Ohio State. So he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. To me, he doesn't deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But in our newly formed idea, he would be in the Football Hall of Fame, where it would talk about his accomplishments both in college and the pros. He was an excellent player in college. He was a very good to excellent player in the pros. And I think that you have one place that tells maybe the stories different than college and different than pros it's a combination of the two is this a glamour project is this just a kind of yeah it is but guess what so is every other hall of fame (laughs) we don't need less hall of fames we need more hall of fames the more hall of fames the better and we need listen i I don't know about that but (laughs) the beautiful thing about this is is we can set our own guidelines we can decide what the criteria is so now instead of people saying i don't even know what the criteria to get in the pro football hall of fame is well you know what with our hall of fame the football hall of fame you don't need to ask we'll give you a we'll give you a little piece of paper about this big that'll have all the rules and regulations about who gets in um sean would you like to tell the people where we're thinking about putting this 
Yeah, so in the research, we had noticed that the College Football Hall of Fame is in Atlanta, Georgia. We Mm -hmm. were discussing, I made some jokes about Texas will definitely want this football Hall of Fame because (laughs) they'll say we dominate all levels of football, and then we'll say the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. Um, (laughs) So you had mentioned Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma. And when we were looking at that state, I had mentioned Oklahoma City, and you said, what about Tulsa? And I, when I zoomed in, I saw that Tulsa is in the northeast of Oklahoma. Norman and Oklahoma City are in the central. The northeast people probably feel left out. So let's give Tulsa the football hall of fame. And for anybody who's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I live just a couple hours away from Canton, Ohio. I assure you, before it was announced that the Pro Football Hall of Fame was in Canton, Ohio, nobody cared about Canton, Ohio. And even now, most people who don't like football don't care about Canton, Ohio. So you can't tell me that, like, oh, it can't be there. Why can't it be? What the hell does Canton, Ohio have to do with anything? I mean, like, again, Hall of Fames, where they're at, are arbitrary most of the time. They are. Like, it doesn't matter. The pro, the pro Basketball Hall of Fame is what, Springfield, Massachusetts? Because that's yeah. basketball was developed. Okay, other people say sure. it's somewhere else. Um, you know, baseball is in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, okay, like, again, it doesn't matter. Oklahoma, to me, was just something that popped in my head. You don't want it in a city that has a professional team. And I'm sure that there are very nice universities or a really nice university outside of the University of Tulsa that, it, that it, you know, has a college program. I don't want it in Norman, Oklahoma. I don't want it in Texas where, you know, in Austin, or I don't want it in San Antonio. Like, no, I want it in a place that when you think of the Hall of Fame, you think of the Hall of Fame, not the thing associated with that city. So, again, that's why, to me, like, Oklahoma popped in my head for some reason. And I was just like, and then, like you said, you brought up, you know, Oklahoma City, Norman. I'm like, well, what about Tulsa? Like, what if you just build a really nice complex in Tulsa that talks about football? Just football. And, and that's what it is. So, again, um, I don't have, like, many players off the top of my head. That I mean, obviously, there's – duh, there's great ones. You know, we talked about Steve McNair, a guy who goes to me in the Football Hall of Fame because he's already in the College Hall of Fame. He had a really good NFL career, so let's talk about him. You know, a guy who comes out of – you know, a lot of his stories, his stories. Um, we did talk about, like, if we were to do inaugural classes, it would be really tough to fill just because there's so many great players – um, do you want to kind of tell the people what we talked about a little bit, kind of floating out ideas? Yeah, so we would want to fill this up relatively quickly, catching up. So we were talking, you were mentioning decades, we would do it in, and I said we could do it quarterly. So the first year would be the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And then mm-hmm. the second year would be the eight, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And then we'd basically be caught up. So then the mm-hmm. first class of the third year would be the two, 2010s and then the people eligible. And then you just start, yeah, yeah you start, you know, set eligibility requirements. Uh, eligibility requirements, I was thinking something that you have to be at least 10 years out of college football and at least three years removed from pro football to be nominated. No, that's not too bad. So again, somebody who's, who's far enough away from their college career that it could be appreciated, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at least three years out from the NFL, that way, again, you kind of have a break. Um, again, because you look at some of these players like uh, Vince Young. Do you mm-hmm. put Young in the Football Hall of Fame? 
I don't know, pretty amazing college career. Okay, NFL career. So again, he's one of those debatable guys that you can kind of argue. So like, where are the limits? And that's what you have with this is it really does create debate that when you take it all in, um, the name that we brought up talking beforehand was Chris Weber going into the NBA Hall of Fame, where again, his impact in college was incredible, even though they didn't win a title. Uh, he never won a title in the pros. But he's going into the Basketball Hall of Fame because it encompasses everything. Now, again, mm -hmm. some people will say he should have already been in. Others will say he doesn't deserve to be in. That's the fun of the Hall of Fames. But I think when you do this combining that, like look at a guy. <sighs> I can't believe I'm bringing this name up. A guy like Tim Tebow. <laughs> okay. I, listen, I didn't want to say the name myself. But does Tim Tebow get on the list for our new Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, you look at his college career. He's a college football Hall of Famer. Obviously, I mean, he's not in yet, but like he's going to be. That's that's clear and simple. Or maybe he's in that already. I don't know. Um, and then you look at his pro career, not that stellar. So, but there will be people who will argue that if you're mm -hmm. telling the story of football, that Tim Tebow should be in there. Not yeah, he'll be in the college wing. Yeah, um, <laughs> the college, the, col ring. the college only wing. First ballot, no brainer, is Michael Vick. Virginia Tech went to the national title game. Um, yeah, I mean, again, yeah. you combined, you know, little, not underachieving, but long career, obviously, you know, with the NFL and stuff. But, like, what he did in the pros, what he did in college, like you said, there's a guy that goes into the Football Hall of Fame in a lot of people's mm -hmm. eyes. People might disagree. Others don't. But I, I don't I don't understand your dis anyone's disagreement with that. Because <laughs> like, he's, he's like, he's exactly like, he's from a time, he's from a place. Like, he was, <laughs> he started everything Sean, that's happening right now. Sean, I completely agree. But, you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame didn't have 100% uh, votes for anybody, anybody ever until Derek Jeter. Uh, so I don't want to hear it. Like, Babe Ruth didn't get 100% of the votes. Willie Mays didn't get 100% of the votes. Uh, Nolan Ryan didn't get 100% of the vote. Cy didn't get up. Listen, so don't tell me this. Cy Young? Like, so they, they named nobody. A, they nobody. Named after him. <laughs> Babe fucking Ruth didn't get 100% of the vote, Sean, okay? Like, don't tell me that it... Haters like, gonna hate, man. I don't, I don't see how anybody couldn't... Listen, have you never met me? Do me print our messages on here? I'm the contrarian. I can find arguments in anything, okay? Uh, it's now again, you're right though, but that's with this hall of fame, it would be a chance to really change things and the way that it's displayed and the way that it's talked about where it's not necessarily like sometimes I, I've personally never been to any of the professional hall of fames. It, it's a glaring spot I need to change, but like sometimes when you talk about these places, they're like mausoleums, you know, and when you go to these places, it should be a celebration. It should be stuff that when you go in there that you get an idea of like who these players are. What was their impact on the game? Why are they so important? Why are we telling their story? And and the, the museums and stuff like this and the Hall of Fame should be a reflection of that. There's a time for seriousness and, you know, structure. And there's also a time to just really have fun with it. And I think a, a Hall of Fame like this, you can have a lot of fun with it. I agree. I agree. We absolutely should flesh this all out and get somebody to fund this. Listen, if you by chance listen to our podcast and you are super uber rich and uh, like making bad investments for tax write-offs, please reach out to me. Uh, our email is in the uh, description shows, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever message me. I'm up all times of the night. 
Um, I don't need any banking routing numbers right now, but we, you know, we can talk this out. We can, we can start, you know, you got to network. It's very important to network. Or if you know somebody that can. Uh, yes. I, if you that. don't have, if you don't have money yourself, it's okay. I don't have money either. You forgot uh, that but if, if you, you know or people, someone, you know. Yes. Yes. If you or your loved ones or people that you casually know, uh, <laughs> Or looking to finance something. This is something. Um, this reminds me of a Lewis Black bit years ago where he says, you know, instead of sending out money to people like for rebates, what you do is like if you want to grow things, you just build this big effing thing in the middle of nowhere because then you have to hire people to build the big effing thing. And then people will come see the big effing thing. And that's how you stimulate an economy. So you want to stimulate sports talk. You want to stimulate the economy. Let's build the the football hall of fame in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this big effing thing in Oklahoma. So people can get jobs. So people can go enjoy. And so everybody wins, including the co-founders, Sean Lawler, Joe McDonald. Yeah. I, I second that. I, I put you first. I hope you'd second it. Jeez, oh, man. All right. On that note, I think it is time to end the show. Uh, thank you, as always, Sean. This was a blast. Uh, it's it's really tough to come up with content for, for football specically. Uh, in the offseason. We're literally in the deadest time of the offseason. This is not uh, a 12-month a year sport. It this is not. Is, they they can try. <laughs> they can try, but it's just Bill not. Simmons can say that all he wants about the NFL, but he's got the NBA like keeping him busy like half the time. Yeah. <laughs> or most uh, of the I, time. <laughs> I will say we are recording this on June 1st, so ho ho ho. It's Christmas Day for all of us. Uh after today. Um players who are cut will not count in the compensatory pick formula. Uh any any signing bonus money that is due can be split between this offseason and next offseason. We talked about that in a Julio Jones trade, players like Aaron Rodgers, things of that sort. Um, it's It makes it a lot easier to, to deal those guys or to cut players like that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to get cut, but you know what I'm saying. Um, Sean, if you don't have any other thoughts. Who do you think Miami cuts? <laughs> I said Brian Flores. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think they cut. Uh, boy, I'd have to look at their roster. I don't know. They're they're good for at least one more cut. Is Cameron Wake still on the team? He's like 40 years old. They might cut him. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's your final answer. Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake. I don't Cameron know. Wake I don't think he's ago. on the roster. No. He's not on the roster anymore, but it was a good guess. He is like almost 40, so he's, he's like my age. Will Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> They just gave him. They just. They just paid him this year. But yeah, that'd be a Miami thing to do. We cut him. Miles Gaskin. Final answer. Uh, okay, Miles Gaskin. All right, I'll take Will Fuller. You take Miles Gaskin. We'll both be wrong. Uh, all right, that's Sean's final thought. Uh, again, thank you everybody for for tuning in. This is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm Joe McDonald. That's Sean Lawler. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. Do not forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Uh, come check us out again on the Facebook page and the Facebook group, the Ringer NFL group, where, again, we're always having fun posting polls, you know, stirring debate, not just me, but lots of other people. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, go check out Sean on an Angry White Dad podcast. He, uh, excuse me, has released two episodes in the last week, getting back into the flow of things, which is nice. I know you were on a little bit of sabbatical there for a while. So uh, it's nice to see that, bringing guests on, going on other pods. Uh, don't forget to go check out, as as uh, Sean talked about, we're right in the middle of the NBA playoffs. Go listen to Sean and Trey 
and sometimes Marcus, who joins for the end of year uh, award show, and their friend Michael, who uh, come on the Charity Stripe commentary to talk all things basketball, uh, NBA player beefs, all, all kinds of stuff. Lots of injuries. I'm sure you guys got to get your medical degrees talking about all these NBA injuries. Uh, don't forget to go hey, check. I do the hockey thing, upper body, lower body. Upper body, lower body. It doesn't matter. Stop at the waist. Uh, <laughs> Uh, don't forget to go check out our friends Brendan and Lewis on a Ginger's Tailgate podcast. Uh, they've been they've been knocking out of the park, recording a couple days a week, and um, yeah, that's it. Again, thank you guys so much. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Sounds good. 19, Nineteen of the twenty-two players on that list are in the Hall of Fame. Well, Steve McNair's not in. Donald Driver's not in. And Darius Leonard's not in. Well, Darius Leonard's still playing. Steve McNair, just, I mean, again, Hall of Really Good, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. I'm sorry, he's not. There's there's an interesting thing I want to get into in the offseason if we have a chance. Basketball, people complain about the Basketball Hall of Fame. Theirs is the Basketball Hall of Fame, not the Professional Basketball Hall of Fame. It includes your college. So Steve McNair had his college included. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. So if there's a football, an American if, Football Hall of Fame. Yes. That he's in. More, yes. To me, he is. He, he was... Uh, Let's make that our one big idea. Let's jump into that and say... Oh, okay. Because he would be he would be in the College Hall of Fame, I would assume. Uh, I don't remember if Steve was in the College Hall of Fame or not. Uh, I, I would assume. Steve. I would assume. But again, like, uh, I'm trying to think... he was like, I think he was an award winner at Alcorn State. I think he won the Walter Payton. He made the Walter Division. Without, yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, but I don't think he I think he finished third in the Heisman. But still, finishing third in the Heisman going to an HBCU. Yeah, so he'd be in the, he should be in the College Hall of Fame. He should be. You're right. He should be. Um, but if you consider it just the Oh, um, that was a good class too. Yeah, right? Rashawn Salam and Kajana Carter. Oof. The two right yeah, Colorado and Penn State. Yeah, he set the record for passing yards at mm-hmm. FCS. As well as total First, offense. Which I'm sure has since been broken, but still for that time. Uh, as a 2018, it stood to him. Yeah. Devlin Hodges. Duck Hodges. Oh, God. <laughs> don't bring that up. God, don't don't besmirch the great Steve McNair by bringing up Duck fucking Hodges. <sighs> That's depressing. But no, but like, do you, do you see what I'm saying though? Like, it's just, yeah. where it's like, if you consider, you know, because like Chris Webber just got in, and people say, well, Chris Webber wasn't a Hall of Famer. Well, if you consider what happened at college and, yeah. you know, the Fab Five and everything, it's like, well, then he's a no brainer college or a basketball Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Women are in the Basketball Hall of Fame. They didn't always have professional women's basketball. Like, it, it, it so like where people complain that it's, oh, you know, it is really all inclusive when you look at it. It's probably the most inclusive one. Yeah. Uh, that in football we have the college football hall of fame which most people don't know who's in it and then we have the professional football hall of fame but what if we just had a football hall of fame american football american football hall of fame or oh now hold on 
what about a guy like Warren Moon? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. what, about a guy like, what about a guy like Doug Flutie, who spent a good part of his career up in, in Canada? So, you know, again, you look at his college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, football Hall of Fame. But, yeah, that'll work. But, you know, or the North American Football Hall of Fame. No, I think just Football Hall of Fame okay. is, your, is the good one. I, like, I was saying American because that's what the sport is. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Canada. I mean, they'll say, "Oh, well, that's not American." Oh, okay, it's it, it's tomato, tomato. It's it's you know, it's arguing. You know, yeah, just football hall of fame.